afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Hub presented by Capital Workspaces. I am so excited about this particular episode because we have Miss Milan Cecilia Shannon on board with us today. Hi, Milan. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, oh my. I'm doing well. Thank you. I would I would like to share just a little bit of Milan's extensive history. Milan says that she aims to combine her skills of organization, branding, and overall content and space creation with her passions for holistic health, sustainability, and uplifting women of color on their wellness journey. She's also an incredible entrepreneur and she's um, the content manager for the hub as well. So share with us your story of your connection to Capital Workspaces. Okay. Um, So I've been at Capital Workspaces for almost a year now. I forget exactly how I found Capital Workspaces, but um, I learned about the Bethesda location that they were hiring. I'm currently based in like Rockville, North Bethesda. So yeah, it was like definitely a hidden gem, but um, I learned about it. I had worked in co-working before for the wing women's co-working space, and I was just looking for kind of flexible community oriented um work environment and yeah i've been here ever since cool so you're also a graduate of american university Mm -hmm. degree in communications yes how was it at american university i know we are a major college town Mm -hmm. how was your experience at american university yeah um for the most part i really enjoyed au i think i chose it because um it was somewhat familiar because I had lived in D.C. and I told you like I moved a lot. So I wanted to like <laughs> not move somewhere completely different. I was choosing between New York and D.C. for college and I wanted something familiar, but also a new experience. And AU had that kind of private college campus where it felt like you were in your own world, okay. but still within the city. So I liked um, the idea of going to school at AU. There's a lot of great resources student organizations I was a part of, really great teachers. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, there's the challenges of it being like very expensive. Also, um, some of the political elements of things that went on while I was there. But I had a great experience and I think I made the most of it. And towards the end, I wasn't really living on campus. So I kind of was just go there for class. What year did you graduate? Um, 2019. So right before the pandemic. And wow. Yeah. That's right. Wow. New, new. Okay. That, yeah, that is very interesting. So you were born in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes. Just mm-hmm. born there. Didn't live there long. Nope. Um, I went back a few years ago and I got to experience it for the first time, but I didn't really <laughs> know St. Louis like that. Um, my parents were there kind of in between my dad being stationed um, in the Middle East. So my dad's from Chicago. So St. Louis was close by. I think that's why they were in Missouri. And, um, yeah, I was born there and then I moved pretty frequently up until now. List for me, the places where you've lived. Okay. So (laughs) take a deep breath. Okay. So, um, yeah. So after I was born in St. Louis, we moved to the middle East, um, in Saudi Arabia. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) This is what my dad's I was not expecting that. Yeah, it's very random. So my dad was in the Air Force. We lived on an American compound in Saudi Arabia the first five years of my life. 
And during that time, we also traveled a bit in the region, mostly in Southeast Asia. So that's kind of the other international travel I got to do was in like Thailand, India, and Sri Lanka, Singapore. Those are places I went because of my mom. She just really liked to take us different places. Mm -hmm. And then my parents split and we moved back to the U.S. Um, We moved around quite a bit after that and... First, we were in Illinois. Then we were in New Mexico, um, living with some family there. And then North Carolina for a period of time. Here we go. (laughs) Every episode. I was very young, so I don't have like a deep tide in North Carolina, but I do remember it. And then um, Georgia. So Georgia was one of my home bases because my dad lived there for a while. And a lot of my mom's family is from there. So we were like. In Warner Robins, it was like a military town, kind of like an hour from Atlanta. Nice. A lot of family in Atlanta, too. And then South Florida um, for a period of time. And then D.C. So I moved to D.C. in middle school, and that's where I've been the longest. I had a small detour. This is the last move, but (laughs) detour to Hawaii in the middle of high school. And that is where I graduated high school. And then I came back to D.C. to go to AU. And I've been back since. Wow. When you said we, I heard you mention we is who? Siblings? Yes. So um, majority of this moving was with my mom and my two older sisters. So I pretty much was raised mostly by my mom. And yeah, I have two older sisters. Are you close to them? Are they in the area as well? Yeah, they're both in the area. Yeah, we're pretty close. And then I also have two younger half siblings from my dad. Okay. When you mentioned uh, a previous conversation we had, you said you made the decision to become vegan in middle school. Yeah, well, vegetarian. Vegetarian. (laughs) And I I became vegan like in college kind of, but plant-based mostly, yes, since... Tell me, educate us, me, what is the difference between vegetarian and vegan? Um, So vegan is like no animal products at all. So that includes dairy and vegetarian is just no meat. Um, Some vegans also don't consume honey. I use honey, but um, yeah. So it's just the main thing is the dairy. No dairy. So are all... How can I say this? Are all vegans the same kind of vegan and all vegetarians? Mm-hmm. Because when you mentioned honey, excuse me, bees are not mammals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of technical. <laughs> so I'm glad. So uh, all, all of them created alike is my question. So Yeah. So I guess the thing with the honey for some vegans is that um, it's more about the process of making the honey and the factory farming um, where it's kind of unnaturally derived from the bees and the the amount of like production that has to be done really? to get the honey for our kind of current consumption model is unethical to the bees is what many people believe. So I recommend getting like local honey from like farmer's markets. There's a lot of, especially in the DMV, people that um, have bee farms and stuff. So it's more so like you can consume honey from sources that you know, but the store, a lot of the store-bought honey is produced in like a mass That is interesting. Way, which some people consider unethical. Yeah, not, not as care, I'm thinking, as, as put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I would consider. So when you said that sustainability and uplifting women of color on their wellness journey, as an entrepreneur, when did that really kick in for you? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would say it fully kicked in like in college. That's when I launched um, my business platform, Eat for Beauty. Eat for Beauty. Yeah. And I co-founded it with my friend Kayla. And it started as like a virtual food diary where we would just share about our food journeys of plant-based living and it evolved into a space where we also started to host events and um, curate wellness services and do really all types of things. So, yeah, I would say I did other creative projects like in high school, for sure. I've always had like a self-starter experience, but really in college, as I was studying communications, I was kind of applying that to starting my business. Okay. If we were to look in your refrigerator and your mm. cabinet, <laughs> what would we find? That is a great question. <laughs> okay. Um, I like to keep uh, some sort of greens in the fridge at all times, whether that's like kale, uh, chard, arugula, dandelion uh, greens. Arugula. Dandelion. Some sort of greens. Cucumbers also really love. Um, cherry tomatoes, some sort of fruit. Like blueberries, mangoes. Um, I really like seaweed snacks. Um, oh, me too. Pantry. Yes, I love them. The, <laughs> they had the wasabi flavors. They had with sesame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, chickpeas is like a really good form of plant protein. I always have um, some sort of ancient grain like quinoa or. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Big on quinoa. I'm big on quinoa. So many places like the Meze mm-hmm. and the Rodi um, have quinoa. And I'm really big. I love Israeli couscous. Mm-hmm. I love And even a little so box couscous that you can make at home. It's so simple and so quick so, and easy. Yeah, and also, what name any spices or anything else that you do? Spices, <laughs> yes. Um, ooh. I like, honestly, I keep it very simple. I use like pink salt, pepper... Um, turmeric, sage, garlic powder, stuff like that. When it comes to salt, when you mentioned that, because of high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. I saw someone create something like pink salt in a toothpaste or something. Mm -hmm. Is that a concern when you're using salt about um, with high blood pressure or is it different Mm -hmm. kinds of salt? That's a great question. Um, I'm not extremely well-versed on salt, but I do know it's, yeah, the quality and the processing of it has a different effect on the body and um pink salt is one of the more natural versions that i think has less of that adverse effect and um sea salt in general is not chemically um altered oh so the natural salt okay and it's interesting that you say that because I'm not a big fan of salt. I don't use a lot of, I don't, I don't even have sugar in my home. Mm-hmm. Brown, regular white sugar, um, any salt I use, like the oregano's, the anything green. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of that. But when it comes to salt, when you name that, I was doing a little bit of reading on that. So you were saying that it's not changed in any way. So it's natural. So pink salt is actually dug up yeah, like pink salt actually derived like from the minerals i don't know exactly where they find it but yeah okay in its most natural state sea salt is the most healthiest form of salt but also people that are trying to remove salt it's really good to supplement things that are more in that palate okay like um some people use like celery they make like celery salt 
there's different things you can kind of substitute to get that satisfaction, but it's not really salt. Like I use um, something called coconut aminos. It's like a, mm. a soy sauce alternative, but it's based from coconut. Okay. And um, yeah, there's a lot of ways to get that sensation without consuming too much sodium exactly. Gotcha. So you won't run around with a, a bland plate on your hand. So I saw on your YouTube or Facebook page that you had an, an amino or a boosting drink of some kind. Do you make your own? Because I see you walking around with a lot of drinks. <laughs> what is your favorite one to make and share some of it? Because I shared with you that I'm on a health and wellness journey myself yeah. and I'm trying to eliminate any carbs as much. Mm-hmm. Um, no salt. And our previous guest that we just interviewed was talking about eating clean. Mm-hmm. That was a Sean Stewart. He's a boxer. And I'm thinking boxers are lean. So get some advice from him as well. So we, do you have um, an opinion on eating clean? He did share with us yeah. ours, but eating clean. Definitely. Um, I would say some simple, I can get into the recipes part after, but for okay. as far as eating clean, that's really, there's so many levels to that. Um, one of the main things I recommend, regardless of your dietary identity, if you're vegan or not, or plant-based or not, um, trying to center as many whole foods as possible. So that would just mean ingredients in their whole form and not processed because processed things with additives, um, the more of those things, the harder it is for our body to um Break it down, break it down, process process it. it. And that's what creates a lot of inflammation and these different things that end up creating those symptoms. So less processed foods, more whole foods, whole ingredients, whether that's the grains, um, the proteins, the veggies, the fruits, whatever it is in their, their more whole state. And then if you can, depending on your accessibility, centering non-GMO organic, um, is also ideal for eating clean. And then uh, a big, sorry. No, no, I apologize. (laughs) No, go ahead. Um, Another one I always throw in there is the green foods. Yes. Really, if you're trying to um, boost your energy, your mood, your digestion, and just support your body's overall function, green foods with that chlorophyll is really just a natural self-healing kind of boost for cellular regeneration so greens honestly is as simple as that um i think the best easiest form is like smoothies and juices oh love yeah and throwing your greens in there is like a very simple okay yeah Mm -hmm. sounds like the grassroots of smoothies so so to speak of healthy living is adding something green Mm -hmm. now i hear that all the time but i just want to make sure i'm correct gmo is genetically modified and is the O just the modified part? Um, I think it's, is it organized? Yeah. I forget though. But yeah, it's genetically modified. Um, and there's many different ways that it can be considered non-organic or GMO. But it's really that um, whether the the seeds themselves were altered or that was processes such as like pesticides, herbicides were sprayed on the the land in which it was farmed or what if it's like animals, the animals were fed um, genetically modified foods. There's a lot of debates around it, but 
And also there's different processes for something to be certified organic. Sometimes farms don't even do the certification and it can still be technically organic. So I try to do my best to um, minimize those things because same with the processed foods, it can just contribute to um, adverse symptoms and just being aware of having things in its most natural form. That's personal preference. And yeah, um, very interesting. That's very, very interesting. Um, I would like to talk about, you said you had a very nomadic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Share about your mom, um, your mom's career, um, your relationship with her. And were there any adverse effects to your living a nomadic lifestyle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So my mom is the biggest reason for who I am, obviously. Yay. She brought me here. <laughs> but yeah, definitely her um, kind of spontaneous and nomadic way of living played a big role in like my journey in development. Um, she's worked largely in like international development and, um, she's also an entrepreneur as well. So she works in like artisan development and works with different artisans in different parts of the world and help connect them to markets. I don't really know the exact way to frame that, but, um, yeah, she's worked largely in Africa and the Middle East and, um, she's done everything from like nonprofit project management to refugee resettlement work um and a number of other things and then as far as how it's impacted me I would say I'm very grateful that it has made me very adaptable like to Mm, almost anything because I've had to be in a lot of uncomfortable positions Mm. as far as like you know being the new girl like over and over that's a common thing people that move a lot you have to just kind of you sound open. like you, you would just have a t-shirt just wear the first day. Yes, I am the new <laughs> I am the new girl. Yeah. So even though I'm this more shy person, I can still like just adapt in a lot of different environments. And then I'm also just open to different cultures. I love so many different types of cuisine and just um, religions and practices from different parts of the world because of that travel experience. So, yeah, there are challenges, though. I definitely would say just, um, you know, the stability, being grounded, friendships and stuff like that. It's definitely been challenging. And, you know, what's so so interesting to me is um, knowing you for a short period of time, you do still seem so very grounded. You don't seem, for lack of a better word, flighty. You seem Mm -hmm. very thoughtful. Very consistent. You've been that way for CW, helping um, CW as a business and the um, podcast here. And just as an intro to that, let me say that here at the CW, we are focusing on the luxury um, premium co-working and luxury office spaces here in Bethesda. We also have an office in Spring Valley, Washington, D.C. The locations offer workspaces in these great neighborhoods. So whether you're an established business or a growing startup, we have a space that will inspire your most meaningful and impactful work. So please contact us if you are interested. And Milan will be uh, one of the direct contacts in the Spring Valley location. Also, what's next for your entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, I would say I'm in the process of doing a little rebranding. I've kind of dialed back on the business a little bit, um, planning some events for the spring and summer, 
which would be announced like on our social media and website. And then um, in the process of launching some new products. But in the meantime, I always offer wellness consulting. So one of the main services I do is called Relationship with Food Support, where um, I consult people on where they are in their health goals and kind of just create like a game plan to first address like the emotional um, motivations behind our food choices Mm. and just our relation, really looking at food and health and wellness more as a relationship and something that's always like going on and making it more personal and holistic and then kind of connecting that to some of the goals and seeing how we can make because you know we live in a very much a diet culture where if you're dealing with health it's like very extreme and it's like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go healthy I'm gonna do whatever but go hard, I like go to home. yeah just incorporate ways that are more sustainable obviously for the environment, but also just for yourself. Personally, yeah. Sustainable and it's not going to just be like a temporary thing. What is your um, Instagram page? Yeah, so our business is um, Eat for Beauty. And I also want to give a a little context on what that means. Okay, um, absolutely. Eatforbeauty.co is the website and the Instagram. And what I mean by Eat for Beauty is... When we say beauty, we're talking about it more so as an energetic experience. So eating foods that make you feel beautiful, that word could also be replaced with energized, um, healthy, radiant, whatever you want to call it. So it's more so about, um, yeah, seeing beauty as a, a feeling versus a physical thing, which obviously what we eat can impact how we look and all of that. But it's more so, yeah. I, when I hear you talk, it's, it's, it goes back to what we've heard before. You are what you eat. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating for beauty, it's internally that will be expressed externally. Mm-hmm. And my particular, whew, I was pre-diabetic at one time. So now that I'm no longer that in my A1C levels that I'm trying to manage, there are some mornings where I get up and said, I can I please find something that does not have is wrapped in bread? Yeah. Everything is wrapped <laughs> in bread. And, you know, all my travels driving. So normally I would go to a smoothie. So it's either going to be Tropicana or it's going to be Smoothie King. Mm-hmm. So with either of those two, I have to remember to get the sugar removed, yeah. tur- turbinado or something like that. And if I don't, somebody's going to be taking a nap early. So. Yeah. When it comes to your smoothies and your drinks, can you give us like a simple recipe of what you may consume on a daily basis? That would be great. Yeah. So a simple green smoothie I like to do, um, I'll either put like a low sugar fruit because I'm also sugar sensitive and um, I'm like, I'm not even a really sweets person, but if I'm not doing a low sugar fruit, like apple, pear, blueberry, Mm -hmm. I'll use like coconut water as the sweet, Um, cucumber, kale, lime and ginger mm. that's like a, a simple anti-inflammatory soothing kind of calming green smoothie okay. that's also energizing and um you could do that as a juice too so the kale the cucumber yeah okay and coconut water is always a good just hydration thing to have on hand um yeah, coconut water is everywhere now it's really blown up in recent years yeah seeing as though we're still in winter do you have any hot drinks? Because there is a yeah. turmeric 
recipe. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but I was doing for a while with turmeric base and it was so delicious. But could you share any kind of warm drinks? Yes, I'm big on all the different types of healthy lattes. So yeah, turmeric ginger latte. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. With the, It's pretty much like turmeric ginger, black pepper. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's in it too. Sometimes people put cinnamon and I think a few other things with like a plant-based milk, like coconut, oat milk, almond milk, um, matcha lattes. That's kind of my the green, go-to. Yeah. yeah. Like green tea if I'm wanting something energizing. Also, I guess people call them adaptogens. So they're forms of like superfoods that good for like stress, anxiety, immunity, things like that. People throw those in their lattes. So ashwagandha is a really popular one. I'm sorry, ashwagandha? Ashwagandha, yeah. <laughs> they throw that in the Never the heard of that. What is ashwagandha? I believe it's a root, but it's just another adaptogen that's good for like multiple different things. Okay. Um, that are in some of these like plant-based latte blends. Um, also, people use like different mushroom powders, lion's mane, reishi. It's good for like brain health. Um, yeah, they're all kind of like function based. Okay. So coffee alternatives, I guess people would say, because they're energizing, they're plant based and maybe less overstimulating for your nervous system, okay. the caffeine of it. Um, but yeah, those are some warm ones. Definitely different soups, veggie soups, hearty veggie soups. Okay. Uh, are yeah. you a, I know we have, um, you had a guest, Heather, of course, who coined the travel designer. I've never yes, heard Heather. about a dietary identity. You sound like someone that could really, when you assist people with their health support, mm-hmm. how deep do you go into the health support? Do you, for example, go to Wegmans, you go to Whole Foods, you should go to Trader Joe's. How extensive will it be if you're going to help a person like myself telling me where I should buy, you know, budget wise, what I should mix? Um, Where do you go with that? Yeah. So a part of that service I mentioned, I also do an extension of that, which is like grocery shopping assistance. Yeah. It's location based, it's accessibility based, and it's also just based on the type of foods you're trying to center. So kind of going back to the first talk we had about um, what is clean eating, like we're trying to uh, center the most whole organic and like, you know, natural foods, but also local if we can too. So farmers markets when accessible. But yeah, I think wherever you are and whatever stores you have access to, you can definitely make a game plan. And I tend to kind of highlight, like I have little charts that I highlight what stores are good for what. Yeah. Because people think, yes, eating healthy, eating vegan, all of it is too expensive. And it makes sense (laughs) because places like Whole Foods can, you know, make it really challenging. However, I recommend not shopping at one place for everything is really one of the hacks like whole foods is expensive if you're trying to get everything there but they actually have affordable produce on certain things so like greens Mm. um loose things not packaged produce and frozen some frozen foods but yeah things like greens um cucumbers ginger bell peppers Whereas Trader Joe's is good for more packaged foods and like canned things like chickpeas. And um, I would like to, are we going to touch on you being an independent artist a little bit? Sure, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am amazed. 
in my researching you and I found out that you are an artist and a performer. Can you tell me? I listened to you sing. I saw pictures of you performing on stage. Can you share with me when was your first opportunity? When did you discover that you had that talent? Mm-hmm. And and then where did it take you from there? Were you a very young age? Yeah, um, I would say I've always had a passion for music. It's like my main passion, whether that's just like listening, but then also making it. I've been singing since like I was really little. Like I performed in like my fourth grade talent show. Honestly, my mom, she encouraged me a lot. I was very shy. I still am shy, but she was really like a big motivating force. And honestly, she pushed me to like do that. But Yay, mom. <laughs> so Yay. yeah, I was in the fourth grade talent show and I won the talent show. Which oh, was a big woo-hoo. deal. But that was like maybe the start. Um, I didn't really, I actually did slam poetry like in high school and college at AU. I was on the AU slam team and my sister, my elder sister did poetry and she really introduced me to it, which got me into that environment of like open mics and stuff. So I did a few open mics singing over the years um, but making my own music wasn't really until like uh, 2020, I started started taking it seriously. I would say it went from like open mic, singing, loving music, poetry, and then transitioning to music slowly till now. I've listened to two or three of your songs. What is, let me, let me ask this, is there an, um, an album title? Yeah, I have two projects that I've put out. One was in 2021 and the last one just came out in October 2022. <laughs> and yeah, the first one is A Cool Girl Dream and the second one is called Heart Lessons. Oh, A Cool Girl Dream. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. I, I'm a big word person, so I just get inspired yeah. and geeked out when I hear titles and inspiration. So what was the inspiration for A Cool Girl Dream? Um, I would say just my journey from where I've been to where I am now and kind of the concept of self-actualization Okay, and just really trying to turn any challenging experience into a opportunity to become more strong and more fearless, more embodied in who you are. That's really the inspiration. Okay. I would like just to share on (laughs) Um, some of her songs are uh, the first one I heard was Lime Green Feeling, which I love. Yeah, that's more upbeat. Uh, (laughs) And Soul Stream. Mm -hmm. And okay, now run it back. The relationship one. What was the inspiration? And and I love when I Mm -hmm. when I hear a song, a lot of artists um, have these little clips and they'll go on and talk about what was the inspiration behind the song, what was going on in their life at that time. Can you recall what was going on at Run It Back? Because the, I like that. <laughs> this is hilarious. Without being embarrassing sure. or anything. Um, so that's off of the latest one I recently released, Run It Back. That's kind of... So it's actually probably not what one would assume, which is like, oh, let's go back okay. to that exact situation relationship. I'm actually more so saying... In my own mind, how did everything happen to get to where it is now? Okay. So I'm more so recapping the dynamic and being like, I want to see what really, where did things, not to say went wrong, but. Okay. Yeah. Really. Just kind of doing an assessment Mm -hmm. of that particular relationship. What was my responsibility in it? What was their responsibility in it? And may, may I ask, was it pertaining to 
one relationship or just you in relationships? Yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of artists are asked, like, <laughs> is this about this person? Is this about? But yeah. honestly, with music, like, I find that looking back, it's kind of hilarious because one song could relate to so many different things. <sighs> and there are certain songs where it's like that one song is about that one person. I think as I was writing that, that was about one particular person, but it applies to many different situations. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm seeing Heart Lessons, your latest release, mm-hmm. A Cool Girl, 2021. Lana Kai yeah, is a Lani single. Kai. Mm-hmm. What is that about? Share that. Lana Kai is a very, yeah, it's actually a really interesting one because I made it while in Hawaii which is um, somewhere I lived in high school. And it's named after the beach, Lanikai, and that's actually where, like, the cover of the single is shot. And oh, it's, it's beautiful. And oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's actually pretty interesting because the song is about really just the feeling of, like, feeling like you're in, like, heaven on earth. Mm. And that's literally what that beach feels like. So that's what inspired it. I think the name Lanikai like translates to like heavenly seas. Mm. Um, so that's what it is inspired by. Just the feeling of just being so present in the moment and feeling really grateful for the beauty of life and yourself and nature and yeah, all of that combined. Yeah. When you talk about self-actualization, it seems like you really spend a lot of time with yourself to get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that part about it. And I saw that a piece that you wrote about gratitude. I really appreciate that because I try to live a very grateful life every day. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, be grateful that, hey, I'm able to try over and redo or um, set the reset button. Button. So Full Moon, what is that about? Full Moon, that's actually the first song I technically publicly released um, in like the fall of 2020 before I released any projects. That one is kind of like just a playful song I made in my room. And it's about um, some of the emotions that arise during the full moon, which is like, Mm. it can be a strong point of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of purging of emotions. um, If you believe that we're impacted by the moon phases, which is, you know, a thing. Um, I'm definitely very into spirituality, um, studying things such as astrology. I'm not an expert, yeah, but I do feel connected to the moon in some regards. And I'm more so saying that the moon is full and I'm really just wanting to kind of slow down and be with myself. And beware of werewolves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to throw that in there. I am just so... you, You have an extensive history here and also slam poetry do you have any lines or bars you want to throw at us you can just oh gosh. you don't um, have to I like i haven't done slam poetry <laughs> in many years okay but i do have nope. some i think a couple videos on youtube okay um, of poems i did and yeah poetry is still a passion of mine i love reading poetry and yeah, writing songs is a form of poetry, but yes. it's, it's different now. And to be honest, since I've been really committing to music, it's been challenging to just write poems. Really, the slam poetry environment inspired me because it is so vulnerable. 
and people are, if you've ever been to like an open mic or just that sort of environment or really more so the competitive yes. slam poetry. Exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. so inspiring because people are just like being extremely vulnerable. And I was, I saw that and I was like, I want to be able to do that. Oh yeah. And that's what inspired me to perform. Rap battles are scary. Oh God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <whole> other... <laughs> that's uh, vicious and you cannot go in there being soft. Mm-hmm. I mean, spoken word, very insightful, um, very eclectic. You can t- be talking about anything, but rap battles, just like rap songs, I guess the genre of hip hop was mm-hmm. I'm the best. You're not. Let me tell exactly. you how much of a loser you are. But rap, both of them are exciting. I just, I just love the play on words um, that people use. So that's 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 very exciting for me. So, IG Eat for Beauty website eatforbeauty.com. Co. Dot co. Yeah. Also, you have um, Milan on your YouTube mm-hmm. uh, page. Any other social? I know that you're on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I'm on all social medias. Um, if you look up Milan, M-E-L-A-N, or Milan Soul Flower. Yes, so Milan Soul Flower. And yeah, I'm on all the streaming platforms, music-wise. I would say Spotify is like my main listening. I'm um, alternative R&B, but a lot of people would call it more this theme of like high vibrational music that is encouraging and it has different... Um, motivational messages in it that's kind of a big theme in the music okay anger is an emotion too yeah how do you deal with anger because i know you're you're very motiv- you're very peaceful i told you that you remind me of tracy ellis's ross rainbow on blackish <laughs> she's very peaceful very comedic very uplifting but anger is a genuine emotion and i know that a lot of people deal with anger in different ways and it can be destructive but mm-hmm. anger is an emotion that has to be managed. And we talk about um, mental wellness, mental health. Yeah. How do you deal with anger? The thing about anger that I learned, and probably from listening to some psychology video or podcast, is that it's considered like a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a core emotion. It usually is tied to other root emotions and situations. So with anger, I think I really have had to break it down to see where it's coming from because it's usually a buildup of things that reach a certain breaking point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that can be a combination of stress, anxiety, sadness, and then it kind of grows into anger and something triggers it to become that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really big into the idea of energy transmutation so every i mean it's a scientific law everything is energy Mm -hmm. so emotions are energy and we can use our emotions to turn it into something else every great artist you know kind of speaks to that understanding so i like to use my emotions and turn them into ideas art different creations that's kind of my main way and also because you work part-time at a yoga studio Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yoga Tell is me. a big yeah, outlet. <laughs> <laughs> so yoga, explain to me the basis for yoga, mm-hmm. why you're involved in it, and what it does for you. Yeah, yoga um, is definitely an art form, but it's also a physical movement practice and form of exercise. I love it because it's holistic. It's not just working out or just meditating it's a combination where I can 
um, make time to focus on my body and strengthening my body and moving my body, but also um, deep breathing, relaxation, and relieving stress and tension on a holistic level. So yeah, it has many roots and I work at the studio. I practice at the studio and I'm looking to do teacher training because I would love to teach yoga. That was my next question. So, and this, where, where is this particular studio? At the moment I'm at core power, which is a chain, Mm. which is pretty popular. Seeing that all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I practice at a few studios. I have a lot of friends who teach yoga, whether it's independently or for other studios, but, um, yeah, core power is uh, pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, you, wow, you have an an incredibly interesting history, and you're just <laughs> and you're 25. Mm-hmm. You've lived almost two lifetimes. You've lived um, internationally in different places here in the U.S. You're an entrepreneur uplifter and a, and a great addition to capital workspaces in which you do we and to the hub honestly we wouldn't be able to know what we, we we could do or would do on social media without your your ad and your help is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself before we um in this episode um, <laughs> any <laughs> yeah i would say i'm always working on many things yeah. at once and trying to balance that out and kind of just focus on one thing at a time yeah i'm definitely working on new music projects new upcoming events and um yeah definitely more things to come always creating do you have any will you be live performing live anywhere anytime soon do you have any dates for that or um venues yeah uh, i have a couple shows um one is valentine's day oh at <laughs> Eaton Hotel Rooftop. And I'll be doing my first So Far Sounds show in March, early March. Wow. We have got to talk about that further um, for CW to let people know that, that where you're going to be so we can advertise it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. I hope, please check her out. Milan, M-E-L-A-N, on Spotify. I enjoyed her music. It's, it's very nice. She's a very sweet, pleasant young woman. She's very, very grounded. As you can tell, um, Her, everything about her is holistic. Her, the way she eats, the way she talks, the way she does business, entrepreneur, um, community organization is something that she's big on. So um, I've, I've really learned a lot um, having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you as well. Thank you for the opportunity and all the kind words. Thank you. Also, um, as we're ending, we at Capital Workspaces at the Hub would like to send our deepest, and I as a mother of a Black son, our deepest condolences to the family, the mother, the father of Tyree Nichols, who was recently murdered by the Memphis police officers. Um, That was such a tragedy that's playing out has a lot of twists and turns to it, but just the the tragedy of it all, we would like to send our condolences to the family. So once again, thank you so much for joining us here at The Hub presented by Capital Workspaces. We'll see you next time.